This is Council for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Council for Life. I'm Eliza. And I'm Beth. And we are so glad you are joining us again. We're so thankful for our listeners. Beth and I talk about this all the time, just how fun it is to see how many people are listening to this. So thank you, everyone who's listening. And thank you especially for sharing this with a friend. Even just telling them about it through word of mouth is really helpful. It helps us to know the content you want to hear, and it helps us to know that we're reaching an audience with um, with a message that you guys want. So thanks so much for doing that. Today, we are talking about um, something really important to both Beth and I's life in, in both of our lives. We hope that it's important to our listeners as well. And that's the Bible and really specifically how to use the Bible in caring for other people. So counseling, you know, we're, this is counsel for life. And we know that a lot of you are counselors or are in counseling, but not everybody is. And one of the things that, that we, as we teach, Beth and I, we teach, um, we recognize that counseling is very informal in some situations. Sometimes it's just a conversation that you have with somebody else. Um, or maybe it's just that you are walking with a friend and you're caring for them. And so specifically today in this podcast, we want to talk about how to use the Bible well, when you're caring for others, whether it's in a counseling context, or maybe it's just in a friendship or a discipleship relationship or a mentoring relationship, um, or maybe it's just your parents and you want to disciple your children well with the Bible. So that is what we're going to be talking about. And Beth, I don't know, maybe we'll just kind of start with kind of getting really practical um, and looking at really our own lives, because that's where it really does start. So I just want to kind of kick it to you and just kind of share with us why that's so important and what that kind of looks like as we look at um, how we use the Bible for in caring for others. Yeah, thank you. So <clears throat> one of the things that I talk about a lot when I'm working with students in counseling settings, uh, but even, you know, when I think about discipleship groups that I've led and things like this, it's like there's, there's just no way to take somebody where you haven't already gone yourself. There's, if you're going to be a guide in any way, you need to know the trail that you're taking people towards. And so that's something that we want to just kind of start. That's square one. So in our own lives, what kind of an influence does the Bible have in our everyday existence, in our relationships, in our work, in our rest, in our play. How does the Bible come to bear in our own lives? That's just a starting point. We've got to start there. So, you know, I think I was I was actually raised in an environment where it was like, you read your Bible every day and you have to. And if you don't, then you're not following the Lord. And I don't want to be heavy-handed about that. What I want to say is, if, if God's Word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, like Hebrews 4.12 tells us, and we believe that, why would we not take up that sword and know how to use it well and know how to apply it in our everyday lives? And I think some people can feel... I've actually worked with counseling students, I'm sure you have too, Eliza, who feel intimidated by the idea of of opening God's word with somebody else because they don't feel confident in in their own like knowledge of it, their understanding of applying it or even theological concepts. And people feel, you know, they feel intimidated by that. But at the end of the day, God's word is for all of us and it is written in such a way that we can understand it. God wants us to understand his word. That's that's 
a huge part of his communication to us. So I think that's just an important thing for us to recognize. We need to, we need to be spending time there. The word of God needs to dwell in us richly as Paul mm-hmm. commands. And so if that's going to happen, we actually have to open it. We actually mm-hmm. have to be applying it and thinking about it and moving towards it. And so if you're, if you're in any way wanting to walk alongside someone or you are walking alongside others who are also believers or even those that aren't believers, like how are we able to do, to, to use God's word if we don't have it rooted deeply in our lives. So that's a huge starting point. And I think if, um, if there's a lot of tools out there, if you're concerned about or unsure about mm-hmm. how to engage in God's word, even I love those apps of just the reading through the Bible in a year or whatever, you know, like there's so many things that can help us on this journey yeah. um, to, to be able to engage in God's word on a regular basis. And I think we've, we've just got to do that as, as believers. So so true. And as I know, we're going to actually talk about some tools and resources at the end, but as you're talking about this specific context of things of just being in the Bible yourself, I'm just going to kind of give a shout out to another podcast that is absolutely worth listening to. It's called Help Me Teach the Bible by uh, Nancy Guthrie. Guthrie. It's a crossway podcast. And I utilize that podcast all the time when I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do I, how do I engage with this text, especially if I'm going to maybe use it with somebody else. So yeah, I think you're so right. Having it be in our own lives is so, so key. Um, and we're going to talk a, a little bit more about some of those resources in a bit, but I want to just kind of talk a little bit about things that we should avoid when yeah. we're <laughs> trying to use the Bible and caring for others, because while Beth just shared some things that we should lean into, uh, there's definitely some things that we should avoid in order to use the Bible well in caring for others. And um, probably you all are thinking about some of these already, maybe because they've happened to you. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we want to avoid is uh, those Bible bombs and, or I sometimes call them hit and run, where you just kind of like, here's a Bible verse, and then you just kind of leave them with that. And and I'll talk about why that's something we want to avoid in just a second. But another thing to avoid is this whole idea of like proof texting. Like here's the here's the text in the Bible on anxiety or depression. This is your this is your fear verse, and this is your uh, this is when somebody needs to repent of a sin. Like this is the repent verse or whatever. And while all of those things probably are true in the sense that the the verse of the Bible talks about it, we need to be very careful that we're not just kind of proof texting. Like here's the verse that proves why you shouldn't or should, because there's going to be some things you're not going to be able to, like, where's the mm. eating disorder verse? You know, there's yeah. just not going to be, um, if you're looking at the Bible in that way, you're not going to find some of those things in your table of contents, you know? Yeah. Hey, can you, so Eliza, can you give us an example of a common, like, or, or something that you, when you think about proof texting, you're like, oh, please don't pull that that verse out of context and use it as a Bible bomb or as a, you know, like a, a bandaid on somebody's issue or whatever. Yeah. You know, hmm, I think one that comes to my mind is one that has happened to me. And I think it's actually pretty common because I've shared this before and people are like, me too. I've had that happen to me too, is the very popular and very inspirational um, Romans eight twenty eight, which is, all things work together for the good for those who love God, right? That that's that is the passage that we know as like, hey, this is all things are going to be okay because God is 
you know, God is good and he's going to make it, he's going to turn it into good. And I think the thing about it is, and this is what I, I, I would encourage you as you think about using the Bible is look at what comes before and what comes after that verse, put the verse in its context, because um, just throwing Romans 8.28 out will either make somebody feel like, well, then I guess I shouldn't be so bothered by mm. the things that are happening in my life because God's going to use it for good. Or they'll make thing, they'll give people this hope like, well, this is going to just be great. You know, I, I can put on a Pollyanna smiley face when really, when we look at that verse, we need to make sure that we're giving people Romans 8.28 in the context of Romans 8.29. What is the good? Well, the good is that we will be conformed to the image of Christ. And I don't know about you, Beth, but being conformed to the image of Christ is often very, very difficult. Yeah. Very, very challenging. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, just- that's really helpful. And I'm I'm grateful to hear you say that, that that verse has been used in my life as well. And if you're on the receiving end of it, it can feel very shaming. And that's not the purpose of the verse. It can feel shaming or it can feel as if like, man, if I can't get there, then I don't have strong enough faith maybe, or I, you know, and, and really, you know, I think I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think when people use that verse out of context, their, their hope and desire is to encourage someone. Like the, the goal is to say something encouraging. And uh, so that's just important too. It's like, yeah, that verse is very encouraging. But if you're yeah. really struggling, <laughs> there might be other verses of comfort that um, that we choose in, in that scenario rather than Romans yeah. 8.28. So that, well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And the thing is, is that the context of that whole that verse in that passage in that section of Romans eight is, is this future glory. Like it actually might not work out. Okay. Here on this earth, but we have been predestined and we are being sanctified and we will be justified. And that's really where Romans eight ends. And we have to also remember, especially as you talk about how it can be shaming, we need to take them all the way back to Romans 8, 1, which talks about there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so even if whatever has gotten them to the circumstances that they're in, it could sometimes be our own sin. Mm-hmm. We have that promise that we're anchored to before that verse even comes up. And so just making sure that we put the scripture, we use the scripture, not just one little proof text or one little line here and there, but actually as a whole, um, which is going to mean we're going to have to be in the, in the scripture, like you already said. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And so I don't know, in light of that, are there, are, we want to maybe share some tools and resources or. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, the first, the first tool that comes to mind, I'm going to give a shout out to actually an organization that we had. Um, we had Shauna Van Dyke on our podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and she is with the Association of Biblical Counselors, and they have done a great job of putting out some resources related to exactly what we're talking about. So, mm-hmm. uh, and what I, other thing I love about it is that. Each page in these little books, they've got one that's counseling through the Psalms. They've got counseling through the Old Testament. This year, they're putting out counseling through the New Testament. And they're honestly, they're like little worksheets that you can Mm -hmm. use. Like you can turn to a certain page that has a particular Psalm or a particular narrative passage in Scripture and read um, somebody's idea about how you could utilize this passage. And I love it because it's a lot of different people who contribute Mm -hmm. to these books. So that's really fun to get to see just how people utilize Scripture 
answers in their own practice. And so it'll have like, here's the passage, maybe here's some questions you can ask related to the passage. And here's some thoughts for reflection and even like homework that you could give to somebody. Um, And it's, it's short. So that's, I love those. And those are great. So you can go on ABC's website. I'll actually, we'll actually put this in the show notes. You can go on their website and find these little books. They're, they're, not expensive and they're super helpful and you can just pick them up as needed. So that's a really helpful tool, I think. Um, and so that's, that would be the first tool that I would, would think about, um, that, that comes to mind. And then, um, I mean, the other thing I'd like to do, Eliza, is to just even share how might I use a passage of scripture as I'm meeting with somebody? I think that'd be really helpful because I think sometimes, you know, we can have these tools and we'll go buy them and we'll have them on our shelf and maybe even we'll look at them and kind of think through. But yeah, I think it would be helpful for our listeners just to see like, what does that actually practically look like? So yeah, mm-hmm. what do you, what could you make Yeah, sure well, and I'll start with something that as you're talking about things to avoid, um, I just want to say a quick word that um, it. I don't assume when I'm meeting with counselees or people I'm discipling, walking alongside, I don't assume that the Bible is friendly to them, mm. even if they're Christians. And so, what and do you that mean doesn't. By that? Well, so uh, for example, if somebody has had the Bible used in such a way that was even abusive or mm-hmm. troublesome to them in some way or shaming, um, man, it's, it's, you know, just like with anything else, if if my right. kid gets burned by a pot on the stove, hopefully he's learned that you shouldn't touch the stove, pot on the stove when it's hot. But we learn things from our experiences, right? And some yeah. people learn from their experience that the Bible isn't uh, a helpful thing. And so even though it's not true because it's been used in a way that was right. not kind or or shaming or abusive, they may not feel friendly towards mm-hmm. talking about the Bible. So I just I just like to know that and think about that and Good. and that's part Good. of slowing down and getting a sense of where people are because I can, you know, I I've got clients who aren't believers and it's like I can I can use the Bible. I do use the Bible all the time and it's because it's inside me and it's coming out even if I don't say here's this verse or here's this passage of scripture or here's this thing um, because it's it's a part of everything that I'm doing all the time. Um, so there may be instances in which I'm not going to necessarily open the Bible with somebody um, yet. <laughs> I'm hoping that part of the work that I'm doing with them is that I'm moving them towards a a better, more godly biblical understanding of what the Bible is for and who God is and His love and delight in His children. And that's not a message that some people have really heard as well um, or as much as they should. So as I do that work, then um, people become, they warm up to the idea of opening God's Word. So to show us what that looks like, can you do that? I mean, do we have time for you to be able to do that? I think I'll I'll be quick. So, um, you know, I love to use the Psalms. Mm-hmm. When I walk with people, because I'm I'm walking alongside people who are really suffering, they're struggling, and a lot of people don't know how to approach the Lord in their suffering, and so that's why I like the Psalms because the Psalms are prayers. Mm-hmm. And so, what is how does David pray when he's suffering? How you know how does Asaph is that his name the the other guy that yeah. writes a lot of the Psalms? <laughs> and so, how does he pray? Like how what are these these things are written down for us as not just examples, but to to help put words to things that we might not have words for, mm-hmm. and that's a really important thing. So like, for example, I'll just take a Psalm like Psalm 121. It's not very long, Mm -hmm. but it talks about the Lord being um, a shade at our right hand. He's our keeper. The word keeper is, I think, used a dozen times in that one little passage. So he is our keeper. Like, maybe it's not a dozen, maybe it's like eight, but it's a lot for Mm -hmm. for a few verses. Um, He's our keeper. He's our shade at our right hand. What does that mean? Do you believe that? 
Mm-hmm. How how does that land for you? And the metaphor and the imagery in that in that passage talk about being like under the shade of a tree mm-hmm. and even giving somebody space to just say, what does that seem like to you? Like what comes mm-hmm. to your mind when you hear that? Is, is that is that a comforting thought? Is it not comforting? Uh, what's even happening in your body? Like sometimes people have bodily reactions to things mm-hmm. they're reading in the Psalms. And so mm-hmm. how are you experiencing that? And and then from there, I can take them. It helps me to know how do they see the Lord? And is that, are they seeing the Lord correctly? Mm-hmm. To, is, is, he, is he their shade at their right hand? Are they leaning into that? Or is that something that they don't understand? Mm-hmm. So then it helps us to know further, like what else can we be talking about in terms of your theology? What do you believe about the so Lord? So you're, you're just kind of calling them to interact, it sounds yeah, like, with absolutely. the scripture, right? Yeah, there. we're reading yeah. it slowly. And I'm, you know, I usually read it all the way through kind of slowly. And then I go back, I say, you know, what stood out to you? And everybody always has something that really popped for them. And then that just, it generates conversation. It allows us so to just dig in a little further. So you're letting the scripture kind of be present in the room and like, like you, I love how you just kind of read the whole passage, which is good. And you're engaging with what the scripture says as it kind of connects with their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. And it's not hard. It's not, you know, it's not, you're not doing a theology lesson. You didn't, you didn't have to make a plan. You're just reading the Bible with somebody that's and that's a, a, great that's a good gift. Good. Yeah. Any other resources that come to your mind as you think about I th- I think that's those are the main things that I yeah. that I have. What about you, Eliza? What, what any resources that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you, a good study Bible is always helpful too. Um, I like to read the Bible, you know, just on its own without like commentaries and so forth first, just to kind of like what you just did really dive into the scripture, but a good study Bible, I use the ESV study Bible can kind of help you connect with the context can help you connect with the genre, the type of, you know, that, what is this a narrative? Is this a, um, a, is this wisdom literature? What, what are we looking at and so forth? So having a good study Bible is good, but you know, one resource that I think is often um, missed is the resource of time. God has given each one of us a certain amount of time. And um, oftentimes reading the Bible can be, which isn't necessarily bad or wrong. I think filling every moment of our day with the scripture is good, but sometimes it can be like on, on my way to meet with somebody. I want to, I want to bring a scripture. So I'm listening to the Bible as I go, or maybe I'm listening to the Bible as I get ready to go, or maybe I just have a quick minute and I just sit down and I read one verse, which all of that is good, but I do think we are actually called to know the word, you know, to really let the word of God, as you shared earlier, dwell in you richly, that, that, that takes time. And so that, that resource of spending intentional, undistracted, uninterrupted time um, in the word to really dive deep into your own study. And so I would even include like journaling your thoughts in that, like, just like you just did with us in the counseling room, you might, you know, talk somebody through it, do it yourself through the, through uh, journaling, but all of that does take time. So to be a good handler of the word, uh, to steward it well, means that we actually have to invest in the time. It does. It's it's hard because we are in a, a fast food kind of generation where everything comes quickly to us. But understanding the Word of God takes time, and so that would be a resource I would just encourage people. Mm, that's really to utilize, good. So, yeah, so that we don't misquote the Bible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which, which does yeah. happen for sure. Well, and that leads me to so as we finish out, what are a moment of humanity? We actually um, had a good laugh before we started recording this <laughs> yes. session. As we were thinking about, we actually started to think about like 
what are some things that people quote that they think are in the Bible, but they're actually not? So this moment of humanity is for all of us. Yes. Because I think everybody has experienced this this thing of like, oh, where is that in the Bible? So Eliza, what are some examples of like yeah. things that people think are verses? They really so, aren't. <laughs> yeah, they're catchy <laughs> phrases. And I will say some of them are principles that are in the Bible, but they are not the way that we like have held on to them and put them on plaques or coffee cups or whatever is not like, oh, there's, gosh. There's, there's, so here's a few that I think came to our mind. God helps those who help themselves. Who hasn't heard that one said before? And yet not mm. in the Bible, not in the Sweet Bible. Benjamin Franklin. He, <laughs> yes. he did us some good, but uh, I don't think that that's not, that one's not. No. <laughs> so keeping in line with uh, Benjamin Franklin doctrine, um, cleanliness is next to godliness. He definitely said that one, not in the scripture, not found in the Proverbs. Wow. Anywhere. Are you sure, Eliza? Because I mean, I've, I feel like pretty much I had to kind of memorize that growing up non-verse <laughs> verse when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to say it. Okay. Another non-verse verse is uh, no pain, no gain. That is oh, not yeah. in the Bible or haste makes waste. Not in the oh, Bible. Man. But uh, there, there's some other ones that maybe we might go, really? Not in the Bible? How about God works in mysterious ways? Hmm. Mm. Principle in the Bible, but the, it's really the line of a hymn, <laughs> but it's not in the Bible. So when you're looking for, when you're Googling, where is that verse? Uh, those specific oh words are not going to be found. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one that you might be surprised at that is not a verse, but you know, principle, but not a verse, but we use it often as a verse is love the sinner, hate the sin. Ah, yes. Catchy phrase, not in the Bible. Principle is, but we won't be able to say where, where where's that verse that says love the sin, love the (laughs) sinner, hate the sin. So, oh goodness, we could go on and on. There's several catchy phrases, not in the Bible. Totally. Uh, So good good reason. And in order to, like, even just circling back to Romans 8.1, we don't want there to be condemnation if you've used these and thought these are in the Bible. I've certainly had things where I'm like, is that, I don't know if that's in the Bible. I think it might be. And and this is, I think, why some people get intimidated in talking about the Bible, because they don't know where stuff is. Yeah. Um, I I find in my own life that whenever I say... Um, here's something I want to talk about. I think this is in the Bible. Hopefully, and that's a great thing about having apps now, I can actually look it up on my phone um, by typing a phrase or whatever, you know, to see if where it is or if it is in there. But it's just, we just need to be humble and and recognize that we're human. And sometimes we yes. say things that, I mean, I say things all the time that I'm like, did I did that really come out of my mouth? <laughs> what did I just say? So then exactly. I just have to t- circle back and say, I'm sorry, I looked that up. That's actually not in the Bible. And maybe we can, that'll just generate further conversation. So it's okay to be human. It's okay to not have the Bible memorized. We're not going to have it all memorized. So we need to use these tools at our disposal, like good study Bibles and apps on our phones and things like that to help us in the process. We don't need to be intimidated by God's word. We want it to be just Mm -hmm. a part of everything that we're doing in our daily life. So So true. Well, we hope this was encouraging to you guys, and uh, we will put in the show notes the ABC resources and want to just encourage you to to stay attuned to to the Lord through His Word and allow that to penetrate and 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 
flow over into the work that you're doing with people because we know that that's true. We've seen it happen. I'm sure you, our listeners, have also experienced that. When the Lord says something deeply to you, you end up sharing it with other people, and it's encouraging, and that's what we're meant to do, encourage one another as long as it's called today, Hebrews tells us. So uh, we hope that this encourages you and that you, in turn, will go and encourage others. And we hope you have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next time on Council for Life. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.